hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. On this week's podcast, we'll be talking about the new negative COVID test requirements that's now needed to enter Canada. So in a few moments, we'll chat with the president and CEO of the National Airlines Council of Canada, Mike McNanny, to get their take on the new guidelines. Plus, Cancun, Mexico will have a new hotel opening soon. It's the Planet Hollywood Cancun, where you can vacation like a star. So we'll find out more about that. And later in the podcast, we'll replay a conversation we had with the folks from Wild Earth, who operates Safari Live. It's a daily live interactive African safari that you can watch in real time right from your home. I've done it a few times now, and it's really cool. So we'll replay that for you. But as we mentioned, this past week, the federal government announced that those entering Canada by air will now need to provide a negative COVID test before boarding their plane. So joining us now to give us their take on the new guidelines is Mike McNanny. He is the president and CEO of the National Airlines Council of Canada. Their website is airlinecouncil.ca. Uh, let's talk about this decision about uh, the, the Canadian government um, mandating that people coming into the country, returning to Canada, need a negative uh, COVID test now prior to boarding their aircraft. What has been the reaction uh, from your members and the airlines uh, across the country? Well, overall, we have been very major proponents as an industry, both both airlines and airports. We have been a very major proponent for a testing regime and a testing strategy in Canada. The, the very frustrating piece of it for us, we've been calling on the government now for six months to work with industry to implement a testing strategy and looking at other jurisdictions and tying testing to reduce quarantine levels. You know, as you know, over, over the months we have, as an industry, launched a series of pilot testing programs at the airports in Canada that are, are receiving international passengers. And we've been providing the government with information on the best means for testing and the results of, of the, the testing protocols that have been in effect. And we did all that precisely so that we could work with the government and develop a clear testing strategy for Canada and a clear implementation of that strategy and avoid what we have now seen, which is this very rushed approach. The announcement came out last week, and then we had approximately a week to complete uh, and and implement. And we're obviously very concerned about the impact this is going to have on people who are going to be arriving at the airport who who have not been tested or, or are unaware of their testing obligations. And we will, of course, now be required under the regulations to deny them boarding. So why the rush? Why do you think it's been basically pretty much a week that people out of the country have to scramble to get this negative test to get back into the country or face serious consequences? Why is the big rush? Why couldn't they just say, you know, uh, people out of the country right now, you're you're okay, we're going to do this in February or something so people like airlines and travel agencies can prepare for this? Well, we had asked for, after the announcement was made, we had asked for a further 10 days for implementation. And we had done that on the basis of our concerns about the ability to implement in, in such a way that we can ensure success of the program. Because at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we are all working towards the exact same objective. We are all trying to ensure that we are coming up with and implementing measures that are the most effective means to protect passenger health, employee health, but also, of course, 
uh, broader public health. Mm. We, we had asked for uh, that delay. Uh, th- that our, our request uh, was rejected uh, the, on the, largely on the basis that the, the government has held the position that a week is a sufficient time frame to implement. Now, what we have been doing over the past several days leading up to the initiation, the, impl- the, the start date of the program, is we have been uh, scrambling hard to find information and get further information back from the government in terms of the draft regulations that were that were being developed, but also in terms of identifying testing centers and testing locations abroad that would meet the certification requirements that the government was establishing. Mm-hmm. We did not have a list prior to the, 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 the program going into effect, and the, the government actually itself was working on the list still as well. So we've been scrambling to try and get information out to people. Uh, we, we are going to be doing all we can when someone shows up and, and is unaware uh, of their obligations, or they've taken the wrong test, for example, or uh, they, they, they have, they've signed up for a test, but they're not going to get the results uh, for too long a period in, in relation to their actual departure date. We're going to be trying all we can to help these folks and, 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 and send them to the right places to, to get testing and connect them with consular services. But we, we again, we, we're quite concerned about the, the confusion that is going to ensue. And we also have to recognize, too, that when you implement a broad, a broad border-based measure such as this, if it is not implemented properly and effectively, what you also ultimately do is it's not just that you create confusion, but you also undermine public confidence in the ability mm-hmm. of government and industry to implement the programs that it needs to implement. So we have a number of concerns about this. It's not just the operational piece of it in the here and now, but it's also the, the broader uh, the broader public view of the ability of government and industry to, to work effectively together. I mean, it's not even, not even just the fact that you need a, a negative test. You still have to quarantine for 14 days. I would think that, you know, if you've tested negative on a qualified test, the government said this is, you know, the kind of test we're looking for. I don't understand why you'd have to still quarantine for 14 days. I'm not quite sure of the the rationale. I mean, it, it's a good question. When you look at what is occurring in other jurisdictions, what you are seeing is the utilization of testing and science-based database decision-making with respect to quarantine. You are seeing the utilization of testing, and then that is working its way into a reduced quarantine time period. Mm-hmm. It can be You could be knocking off a series of days, or you, you could be eliminating quarantine completely, depending on, on the testing. To your question, you, you might look at a, at a combination. You might have a, a PCR uh, and a rapid antigen test combination at X days apart that we, you would then be able to eliminate the quarantine measures. We, we, within our sector, we all realize this. Airports, airlines, the, the, the broader travel community, we all know full well that yes, the vaccines, of course, give us all a great deal of hope, but we are going to be living with this virus for an indeterminate time period. And having clear, concise testing strategy tied to your quarantine duration and measures and your overall border access measures, it is going to be absolutely mission critical that we are able to do those things in order to ensure the the further uh, ongoing safe restart of our sector uh, writ large. Uh, These are simply going to be key elements for our future. Mike McNanny is the president and CEO of the National Airlines Council of Canada. Their website is airlinecouncil.ca. I appreciate your input, Mike. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time.
Cancun, Mexico will have a new hotel opening soon. It's the Planet Hollywood Cancun, where you can vacation like a star. So to tell us more about it is Todd Kerlick. He is the Senior Director, Trade, Sales, and Business Development Hotels and Resorts for Sunwing Group. And Todd joins us now. Hi, Todd. Hi there. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. I'm excited to learn about the uh, new Planet Hollywood Cancun. It's always exciting when a new hotel opens up, isn't it? It is very exciting. Despite our current situation, we've never been more excited about an opening than this great new property we're getting ready to uh, to get moving along here, and uh, we're excited. Tell me about the uh, Planet Hollywood brand in general first. Well, that's a very good question. So, Randy, like in 1991, uh, some folks might know, I'm older than dirt, so I remember this, <laughs> but I can tell you, uh, back in 1991, uh, the likes of some pretty big A-listers like Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Whoopi Goldberg, Demi Moore, just to name a few, were involved in the creation of this uh, this iconic kind of a lifestyle brand, and Planet Hollywood. And they proceeded really in the early days to open up cafes and that kind of stuff that did feature a lot of incredible uh, memorabilia, a lot of fun. While it was successful, um, the the recent years have been more the development of uh, the resort division. So our first uh, all-inclusive Planet Hollywood uh, resort opened in Costa Rica a couple years ago. And now on January 29th, we're getting ready to open up this beautiful new gem in uh, Costa Harris, Mexico. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about that one now. Uh, where is it located? Give me all the details, uh, the planned opening date, and what can guests expect? Well, uh, so uh, we do open on January 29th, much anticipated. This is a brand new construction, uh, an incredible uh, area just north of Cancun in Costa Harris, the Playa Harris area. Uh, very, very nice beaches. You're about uh, 45 minutes, 35 to 40 minutes from the Cancun airport. Very easy, very uh, uh, good good highway that gets you up to the hotel area. Really nice, unspoiled beaches. Uh, lots of space. Uh, this hotel's uh, rather large and uh, it's got a lot going on, a lot to do. So I think up in this area, too, uh, our, our listeners can definitely take a look at, at the Costa Harris area and they can see that this is all really the last six years has been kind of a new development uh, in, in the Cancun area, just outside Cancun. So they can expect a nice, nice feel. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking at the Planet Hollywood website, planethollywoodhotels.com. It's right there. It gives you all the details. But uh, tell me what vacation like a star is. That's the first four words uh, on the website, vacation like a star. So it's got to be uh, something exciting. Well, something exciting. I mean, obviously, we talk about themed, uh, you know, really, it, it's really a red carpet arrival. I mean, this is the great part about coming to a Planet Hollywood uh, property. I mean, we've really tried to to in, to to really uh, it, it, it's it's really we've got the the, the iconic uh, giant star when you arrive they walk the red carpet our guests can expect to you know pretty much uh, right from the get go they they do feel like a star and you know they usually get the the the, sh- the shots the photos are done uh, when they, they they arrive uh, we've got a lot of really cool stuff uh, d- different differentiators for our product. Um, in terms of the guest experience, like uh, main event guarantee, we've got our fabulous beds, which are designed specially for us with high threat count bedding. We've got your soundtrack, which is uh, a themed uh, uh, experience in room, also with PHTV that has uh, awesome upgraded, uh, you know, movie packages and such in the rooms that people can pick their genres of what they like to watch. If it's a rainy night one night, they want to stay in and do stuff like that. So we've really tried to, you know, 
have a lot of fun with this brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about the area a little bit and, uh, you know, the, the things, that activities that your guests can do and what you can offer them as far as excursions, things like that. Right. So in the, in, in, this is an area, as, we, as I mentioned there earlier, it's, um, it's located uh, in, in the Costa Mejeres area. And the, the, the great thing about this particular area, it's a fairly, it's, it's, a, it's quite a, a new area that, uh, as I mentioned, started to get, uh, develop um, some years uh, ago, not, not, not many years ago, actually. Uh, it's about 30 minutes, I said, outside of downtown Cancun. Uh, and it's, it's really, it's in that little resort enclave of uh, Playa Mahara. So pristine white sand beaches. Uh, you're very close to a lot of amenities. Uh, in terms of doing outside excursions through our uh, Planet Hollywood Experiences desk that's located inside the resort. So you can all, there's a huge range just from simple, you know, just want to go golfing, deep sea fishing, you know, uh, those kinds of things. Snorkeling right from the resort is available. These are crystal clear waters. Um, there's all kinds of other options that you can do there. But really what it is, is the great part about this this area here is the fact that it's all just, it's, it's the new rage. It's, it's all fairly new. We're very, very excited about being up here in this area because we know that uh, strolling this beach is just incredible. There's just lots of space. And talking about kind of the condition and the way we find ourselves in today, having a resort that is quite sprawling, uh, lots of areas for distancing uh, are easily had. The beach, it's a great walking beach. So it's not like it's a high rise where you're looking at being like in an urban setting. Mm-hmm. This is a very spread out area. So I think, yeah, we're centrally located, uh, to your point, about doing these uh, uh, outside excursions. Uh, the, 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 the description there pretty much is that uh, we've got two properties there. We have our Planet Hollywood Resort there and our adult scene. So we've got like a, a, a main resort there for um, all ages, including families, and it's connected to an adult property uh, where those adult scene guests can actually stay at one and play at two. So our adult guests are able to use both facilities. You took the words right out of my mouth because you're talking about distancing. I was going to uh, ask you, so there's enough room for adults to play and it's enough room for families to play, right? Absolutely very true and it (laughs) is a great space. Uh, What's Cancun like right now as far as uh, COVID restrictions and you know we don't have to go into uh, huge details with uh, Planet Hollywood Cancun but obviously uh, they're there and they're there to protect staff and, and guests, right? Yeah, so, you know, we, we did create, you know, we, we, we were able to, uh, you know, as obviously we've been in this situation for for a little bit now since, you know, we've been experiencing this since March. I think all people are, you know, looking to the, the days, uh, you know, soon where, you know, this can kind of be put behind us and whatever has needs to happen does and we all get back to the way it was. But in the interim, I think that, you know, we've created, although we've always been very, very uh, diligent with our, uh, you know, our, our let's just say, uh, sanitation in terms of health and safety. Um, in the spring of 2020, we launched our Safety Assured Vacations Program. So, you know, the cleanliness protocols, I have to say, Randy, is something we've always had. Basically, from every step of the way, your diving clean guest rooms, uh, everything is sanitized on arrival. Uh, your luggage gets uh, sprayed down in terms of everything is just done well. It's, it's almost running like a top right now, to be honest. January 29th is going to be an exciting day. The uh, new Planet, Planet Hollywood Cancun will be opening. You can find out uh, lots of details, planethollywoodhotels.com, or you can contact your travel pro- professional, or you can just go on the Sunwing website, sunwing.ca, and Todd Kerlick is the uh, Senior Director, Trade Sales and Business Development for Hotels and Resorts for the Sunwing Travel Group. Uh, appreciate your time, Todd. Thank you. Well, have a great day, everybody, and thanks for listening, and uh, take care.
Well, since the government is strongly recommending not to travel outside the country these days, I thought it would be fitting to replay a conversation we had with the folks from Wild Earth. They operate Safari Live. It's a daily live interactive African safari that you can watch in real time right from home. I've watched it a few times now, and it's really cool. So a few months ago, we chatted with Emily Wallington. She is the content director and co-founder of Wild Earth. Their website is wildearth.tv. So here's a replay of that conversation for you now. Tell me uh, about Wild Earth and how it uh, came about. Um, so we, my husband and I, um, I'm from the UK and my husband is South African. And I moved out here in about 2005. And in 2006, we launched Wild Earth. Um, my husband had a business previously called Africam, which was basically the same thing but webcams, so live webcams across Africa, so people could watch them and, you know, just enjoy the sights and sounds of waterholes mainly. Um, and obviously the technology in those days was not good enough to do live streaming, driving around in a vehicle. So he stuck to webcams, and then um, when I met him, we launched Wild Earth, which is basically our mission was to transport people from their living rooms into nature and give and, and safely recreate what it feels like to go on safari. You have a number of different things that you do on your website, but uh, Safari Live is the one that kind of caught my attention here. So how does that work? So it's, that, that's basically what it is. I'll tell you the story. Um, Wild Earth is the name of the company. Um, in 2006, we launched with um, a one vehicle driving around a game reserve called Juma Private Game Reserve in, uh, in South Africa in the Sabi Sands, which is bordering on the Greater Kruger National Park. And we drove around in one vehicle. It was still early days of technology. And we have a cameraman on the back. Um, filming as if you were the guest. So the eyes of the camera are the eyes of you. Um, so you can see the back of the head of the, of the guy driving you around. And it's completely live, and it was online. And basically, anybody that wanted to could tune in and email um, questions in. So then the, the guide would answer you by name. So, you know, you might be in New York, you know, in your, in your home, and the guy would turn around and say, Hi, Zoe from New York. You want to know why you know, elephants have got trunks or whatever. And it very soon caught on because, you know, it was interactive content, which, you know, in those days was pretty unheard of. Most people would sit down and watch content and not interact with it. And this this was really kind of, you know, you could be very involved. Uh-huh. Um, and so we, we basically started off with one vehicle. And for many, many years, Wild Earth was Wild Earth. And we had one vehicle. We then added another vehicle. And we added a couple more locations. And then in 2014, National Geographic found us and decided that they wanted to broadcast us on their digital platforms and also on television. And we renamed ourselves at that point Safari Live, or they did. They wanted Safari Live. So Safari Live is really the National Geographic um, product. Wild Earth is the name of the company, and they're both the same thing, really, to be honest with you. Interesting. So you're way ahead of your time when it comes to technology, it seems. Yes, well, my husband is very technical and very into cameras and stuff and always, you know, really just believes in in, 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 uh, sharing nature with the world. I think there's a huge amount of people out there that cannot get to nature, are stuck in their homes, whether they're disabled or sick or ill or just don't have the money to travel. And, and, And it's really important that they get to experience nature as well. 
Uh, so I'm, I am looking on your website. So it's wildearth.tv, uh, and you have a list of characters, and there's all kinds of different animals. Tell me about those. Well, um, so we, we, we had two locations. We've got, we're still currently broadcasting now from Juma Game Reserve in the Sabi Sands, but we had a camp in the Masai Mara for many years, um, between 2016 and 2019, um, where we also broadcast from. And between those two camps, there are many, many cats and hyena, but primarily cats, that we see every single day. And these cats, so lions, leopards, cheetah, are the three wild, big wild cats in Africa. They all have names and family <laughs> trees and babies. And we, because we've been following them at Juma, we've obviously been following them since 2007. We've seen generations and generations of these cats. And primarily in Juma, it's leopards. And there's one, there was one leopard called Karula, who was the queen of Juma. And she had 13 litters of cubs, and we basically followed pretty much all of them. And all of them grow up. Karula's now dead, and we followed all her cubs grow up, and some have disappeared, and some are still with us. And so, yeah, lots and lots of different characters, which I think is a reason why viewers come back every single day, because they want to see what's going on with their favorite characters, you know, birds, yeah. deaths, fights. That kind of thing. Yeah. So now give me some of the technical background. There is a video on here that uh, kind of takes you behind the scenes, uh, how it all works. So how is it all put, put together? So, yes, it's very technical, and I don't delve into the technical department. I'm primarily content, but I can give you as much as I know, which is we have two vehicles in South Africa and two up to three vehicles in Kenya. Each vehicle is set up with a camera on the back on a tripod, a, a stabilized tripod. So the cameraman has a seat and a stabilized camera and there's no other seats on the vehicle. And we have a driver and basically it's all hooked up to um, a microwave link, I think, that goes back to a, our final control. And in both locations, we have a final control. That's basically a room with a director that sits in there with screens on the wall and a TriCaster, which has lots of feeds coming in. So all the different vehicles have live feeds coming into that room. It's basically a studio. And the director switches between the feeds depending on what content is best where and speaks to the presenters in their earpieces. They've all got earpieces. Tells them they're going to switch over to what's going on with the other vehicles and, and questions that are coming in from from viewers around the world, feeds them questions, and then it basically goes out via another link to the world. And don't ask me how that is. We have <laughs> well, you did a pretty good job of explaining the technical side of it. So how do people watch this? Do they, do they log in somewhere? And I, I notice you have a sunrise safari and a sunset safari. Yeah, so sunrise in Africa um, is five, at the moment 5.30 till 8.30. So we do a three-hour show in the morning, Central African time, 5.30 till 8.30. And we also do a three-hour show in the late afternoon. So at the moment it's 3.30 p.m. till 6.30 p.m. Central African time. And that's because it's the best time for game viewing. So when it's not in the heat of the day, so the morning as the sun rises and the evening as the sun goes down, is when all the cats are out and they start hunting, when all the animals start stirring and going and looking for food. It's the best time to see them. Middle of the day, it's very hot, and they all sleep. Uh huh. And your website says it's, it's completely unscripted, unpredictable, so it is reality TV. It, it, I, I suppose there are times when there's nothing going on, and then suddenly it's, there's some exciting things going on, right? 
Yeah, well, I mean, the way of kind of resolving the nothing going on is to have a number of vehicles and maybe bushwalks out there, so you also have a bushwalk. And that's basically, it's a numbers game. So if we've got, if we've done television shows for National Geographic and also for CCTV in China, and also the South African broadcasting company here in South Africa. And obviously for television, you need to have quite a high-paced thing. And so we'll have up to five vehicles across two locations with somebody walking as well. And then there's always somebody who's got something doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, you never had all six feet with nothing. <laughs> so, you know, one might have a leopard who's just sleeping, the other might have a hunting lion, and then there might be some, you know, beautiful scenes or perhaps some smaller things like dung beetles and butterflies. Yeah. But there's always something interesting to see. Very interesting. Now, where do I, where can I watch this now? Do I log into your site or is there something I yeah. have to do from my yeah. end? At the moment, the best, yeah, the best place to watch it at the moment is wildearth.tv. So, uh, and forward slash safari live, basically. So, wildearth.tv is our website and you'll see a number of different pages on there, all our different programs. We do a kids program and we do expeditions and various other things, but Safari Live, if you go wildearth.tv forward slash Safari Live, all one word, you'll come up with a page and there will be a live window right there. If you click on that, press play, it will either be live, and if it's not live, it will tell you how long it is going to be until it's live. It sounds like okay, a, so yeah. much fun. It's uh, like, again, Wild Earth. .tv slash Safari Live, and Emily Wallington is the content director and co-founder of Wild Earth. It was so much fun chatting with you, Emily. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveler.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.